I mean, I would say like, think about everything you do every day, whether it's, so I'm just gonna take my pet for a walk and then I'm gonna go sit at the pool and go swim. And then I'll go for a bike ride with my family or my friends or if on my own. But you think about that, it's like you're doing a triathlon. Hey, I'm Caroline, and you're listening to In Her Nature, the podcast and community where you can learn from others' experiences to make your next adventure more approachable. Hey, friends. Thanks for being here. I'm so excited for today's episode. We are talking with Rachel Working. She just won the 2023 U.S. Triathlon National Championship in the Olympic distance for women between the ages of 25 and 29. I know that's a mouthful, but Rachel is so kind and so wonderful to share her tips and tricks and what she wished she had known when she had gotten into triathlon. I know I am currently pretty intimidated by triathlon, but it's a really cool community and I think you all are going to love this episode. So before we jump into it, there's a couple things I just want to make sure we cover. We have free stickers. So if you go to Instagram and you find us at In Her Nature Pod, in our link in bio, you can fill out a little form that states that you like want stickers and everything. You can also DM us or shoot us an email. While you're in our link in bio, though, we have a new form. It's called the Celebration Corner. I'm really excited about this. Um, I really would love a way to celebrate what our community is doing through the knowledge that we share on this podcast. So maybe if you just started grad school this week, I know it's back to school time, or you signed up for your first half marathon, or maybe you helped a friend like buy a pair of skis or something. Let us know. We would love to hear what our community is up to and celebrate you. So you can find that form in the link in our bio. Again, you can also email or DM us. We'll see it either way. So yeah, we are excited to see what all of our wonderful humans are doing this fall, and we would love to be updated. So yeah, um, as always, we we say this every episode, but we're not professionals, whole point of the podcast. So if you are trying something new, you may not get the whole story here. Hopefully you'll get a large chunk of it, but um, sometimes it's good to see a professional that knows exactly what they're talking about and um, can really give personal advice. So we would encourage anyone to seek that out when they're trying these new things. So before we jump into our interview today, what if you could trade content time for travel time? With travel content writing, now you can. Travel content writing is a women-owned business that helps travel creators repurpose content so you can save time and get back to traveling. From writing YouTube scripts, blog posts, social content, and even newsletters, this team of experienced marketers have helped travel creators grow their audience all in less time. Right now, Travel Content Writing is offering a 40% discount on their newsletter services for In Her Nature listeners with the code IHN40. This means Laura and her team will help you brainstorm, strategize, write, and even create your weekly or monthly newsletters. They even helped grow a travel influencer's newsletter to 16,000 subscribers. If you're ready to ditch the algorithms and actually reach your audience, you can use code IHN40 when you choose Let's Chat on TravelContentWriting.com. Rachel, thank you so much for being here on In Her Nature. So excited to talk to you today. How's it going? How's your summer been? Thank you for having me first off. But um yeah, my summer has been a little crazy. I just started a job as an occupational therapist in Madison. So it takes most of my time. Um, I, when I do have extra time, I'm, I'm definitely filling it with the training. But 
it's summer, so I'm trying to get outside, enjoy the really nice weather before it gets cold because we know it doesn't last very long. <laughs> yeah, no, I I feel the exact same way. I feel like I'm like trying to crunch in so many things at once and then also balance training. And so I totally feel you. Congrats on the new job. That's very exciting. Thank you. Yeah, it's been a little adjustment, but um, I'm excited. I, I love what I do, so... Yeah, that's we have like a funny um, quantity. So I'm in dental school. So I'll be a dentist Ah. in two years. But it's funny because we have a high proportion of healthcare workers that we have on our show for some reason. Like I just interviewed a really good friend of mine who's a labor and delivery nurse. She's now postpartum nurse. But um, yeah, and then like I have I think (laughs) I don't know if you know Liz Bone. She was on the show too. Yeah, uh-huh. Liz is a really good friend of mine. She's like in the like OTPT space. So we have a lot of healthcare adjacent people, which is really fun. Oh, yeah. I love it. We're all out there. I know, right? So one thing you said already that I kind of want to get into is balancing like training and working and being a human and all of these things. How do you manage to do that, especially with triathlon? Mm-hmm. I mean – Given that I just started my job, it's definitely been an adjustment. And I know it takes time, like for anyone, it takes time to be able to get in your workouts. Um, I do try and get my workouts done before work at 730. So it is pretty early. Sometimes it's a 430 start. Sometimes it's a 5 or 530 start. But I do try and get it done in the morning um, as best as I can. That way I have the afternoon to kind of do what I like to enjoy doing, like cooking and relaxing. Um, But sometimes it doesn't work out that way. And there's either two workouts, so you have to do a morning and afternoon. Or, I mean, I really do try and get eight hours of sleep. So if I don't, then I'll just enjoy my my mornings and make sure that I can get my workout in the afternoon. But my... I do have a coach that she does a great job spreading my workouts out for me. So it's not going to be a back-to-back day of double workouts where I have to wake up early and then after work grind out another training session, which is great. So I'm still learning um, alongside many other people who are also learning. Yeah. Well, I feel like that space too of just learning the balance because stress can take its form in so many different ways in your body. And sometimes that looks Mm -hmm. like injury. Sometimes it's mental. So I feel like finding that balance is so challenging and something that I have really struggled with. Um, And I want, I realize I want to definitely touch base on this. So you have a previous Mm -hmm. history of running. Um, What brought you to triathlon? Like what made you interested in this space? And like, why have you started to kind of focus your efforts in triathlon? So I definitely was a runner before anything else, but um, I do have a background in swimming. I was a competitive swimmer pretty much um, around seven years old. So for a long time, for a very long time. And um, in middle school, my coach, who still is my same exact coach now, um, she introduced me to the sport of triathlon and she's like, hey, you're great at swimming, you're great at running, there's a sport where you can do both of them. And then who doesn't like biking? I mean, (laughs) you go on a bike ride, it's a fun, another fun sport to include in there. So um, 
yeah, I mean, that's kind of how I got involved in triathlon. So that was from like a really young age, like you were in like elementary and middle school, which is so cool. And also crazy that you have the same coach. That is so cool. You have a background in collegiate running. What brought you back to triathlon after you were done with that phase of your life? Um, well, I mean, I do love running, um, but I felt like after I was done competing, I just, I, I wanted to go back to it. I really enjoyed triathlon and I just needed a break from running. I had a few injuries throughout my collegiate career and um, all of that stress on my body. I knew I couldn't keep doing the same sport and triathlon gives you an opportunity to use your cross training um, as another workout. So now I'm not running as much. I'm not running every single day. I'm running more three to four times a week instead of the seven days plus some, <laughs> some doubles. Yeah. I really like relate to that because I, even like out of school, I guess I was really interested in this endurance, like ultra sphere, but I would mm -hmm. always either be kind of on the cusp of an injury, like I kind of a near miss or, I'd be recovering from it. I was always worried about injury. It was always kind of like right in the front of my brain. And I was like, there has to be kind of like a better, more fun way to be in that endurance space, but not be so worried about getting injured. Do you feel like triathlon has kind of like filled that role a little bit for you too? Oh yeah. I mean, I'm, I haven't been injured knock on wood since I kind of started triathlon training. Um, I mean, I have been including a lot of small little strengthening exercises, especially to keep my hips and joints healthy, mm -hmm. which I didn't really partake in as much in college. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's a great sport for people who are kind of getting sick of what they're doing. They're getting injured um, repetitively. And so I'm glad you can kind of relate to that too. And I, I hope you stick with the triathlon. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, it's so funny because I've done a couple of races here and there, but nothing like too serious yet. And I'm like, I really mm. do hope I like it after it gets serious, you know, which I'm not yeah. worried about that. But cause like you said, who doesn't love to bike swimming? I was never a swimmer. So that's something that I've really had to learn, but running mm. is definitely something that I love and I'll love for the rest of my life. But, um, yeah, I, want to get into this. So I feel like triathlon specifically can be quite intimidating because it's not just one sport you have to master. It's each individual one, but also the collective three sports at once is its own challenge as well. So like you're learning each one, but then together it's a different monster. So yeah. for people that have maybe felt a little intimidation, how would you recommend kind of like approaching that intimidation factor? Um, I mean, I would say like, think about everything you do every day, whether it's, so I'm just gonna take my pet for a walk and then I'm gonna go sit at the pool and go swim. And then I'll go for a bike ride with my family or my friends or if on my own, but you think about that, it's like, you're doing a triathlon. So don't approach it in the way that you're competing and you have to get a certain time, go after people, um, do it more as like, oh, I'm kind of squishing my day together. I'm, I'm doing something that I really enjoy. 
Um, and, and don't be intimidated by the people who come to the race. I, it's so hard not to. People come in with super fancy bikes and really cool kits to race in. But, I mean, they might be new too. So it's, it's something you just got to keep, keep an open mind to the race and um, race for yourself. Don't race for other people. If you're not having fun, obviously you're doing something wrong. <laughs> Maybe try that. a different sport. <laughs> I love that because it's so true. If you're not having fun, like we're in this phase of life that if you're not having fun, like just find something else. It's not worth it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And you've had a lot of success. So obviously it works for you. <laughs> <laughs> it sure does. I do enjoy it. <laughs> um, I want to get to your race this past couple of weeks ago. I'm going to push that down the road a little bit because I feel like okay. these early phases are really interesting to me because they're applicable to people that maybe are just starting out or are interested in triathlon. So mm-hmm. um, when you were first kind of starting, what were some challenges that you didn't expect early on? So as a little kid starting, it's, they weren't really challenges until I recently started now. So now just coming back to the sport, I see so many other challenges that weren't really a factor before. Um, As a little kid, I didn't really focus on what I was um, getting in for nutrition on the bike. I was just competing the tri, completing the triathlon to complete the triathlon. But now I see nutrition as such an important factor in your performance, um, keeping you uh, your energy high, be, being able to compete and perform without muscle pain, muscle spasms, just being on top of it. I didn't really think it was a factor, but um, it sure is. And I've been working on it, uh, learning it very slowly, what I can take in, what I shouldn't take in. Uh, It's just like really reading your body. Uh, Another challenge that I noticed was the amount of planning that is involved in the sport. So if you're a good planner, this is a great sport for you. (laughs) It really is. You got to plan out your workouts. You have to plan out um, the food that you take in before and after. Is it going to hurt your stomach? Um, What are you going to put in transition area on race day? What's your race plan? What are you, when are you going to warm up and cool down on race day? Um, when are you going to wake up on race day or workout day? And then, like I said before, what are you going to take in, like your nutrition? Just a lot of things you have to think about and plan. Yeah, and I think that can be, speaking from personal experience, it can be quite intimidating because if you mm-hmm. make a mistake, even just day to day, say like your training week, like this week, for example, I was gone Monday, Tuesday. So I didn't get my workouts in. So I'm like shifted a little bit in my training plan. Well, I was freaking out because I was like, I don't know when I'm going to have time to make up that stuff. I'm like, Caroline, it's going to be fine. You were, Mm -hmm. you were doing something active. It just wasn't like the, the check, like you didn't check the box on your training plan. You were still mountain biking, doing these things, but like, it's going to be okay. Um, so I think like remaining flexible is a skill that you have to learn and like when, how much is too flexible, what can't you miss, what can you miss, you know? So I think mm-hmm. that is and so think, challenging. Yeah. You bring up a great point on like, I think as athletes, we tend to be wanting to do everything that is planned, um, but it doesn't really have to be that way. I mean, you have bad days. I'll get done with work and go on a bike ride and I stop 
like 30 minutes in, it's just not my day. It's not going to ruin my training, that one thing. And the amount of planning that I talked about before, there's so many little factors that if one goes wrong, it's not going to completely ruin your race or ruin your workout. It's just take it with a grain of salt. It's things we can work on. I love that. I also love that because it can apply to life. That's like a life lesson that you can take out of triathlon. Like there are, I'm a perfectionist. That's just who I am by nature. Mm -hmm. And it's like, I got to work with that because it's not always realistic to want to be perfect in everything. It takes the fun out of a lot of things. And so triathlon can feel like, well, this is my space in my life that I want to be the most perfect because I get to control it. It's my thing. It doesn't really affect that many other people. But so it can get hyper perfectionism sphere for me. Like I can get really fixated Mm -hmm. on that. But I love that idea of just like slowing down and like see the bigger picture. It's not it's not the end of the world. (laughs) Yeah. And at the end, it's about having fun. (laughs) I love I love that because I do think you perform better when you're having fun. Mm-hmm. Um, I love that so much. Another thing you said that I thought was really interesting was, and we didn't really have this in our plan, but was like the diet that you were talking about around training. So not necessarily yes. the things you're taking in while you're being active, but like while you're training in like maybe a block. So like six weeks, what you're eating, like in between, I am struggling with this right now. Mm-hmm. I think I tried to go for a run today And it was so bad. You'd think by now I would like learn how to read my body. (laughs) You know what I mean? I've been running for like so many years, but I was like, oh, I think I ate sushi last night. That like really didn't sit well with me. I was trying Mm. to figure out what it was. So I love that point of like, you got to kind of think about a lot of different puzzle pieces. So how do you kind of think of nutrition outside of train or outside of the actual activity itself? Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's something that I struggled with through my collegiate career and working with a nutritionist on has really helped uh, me perform at more of an advanced level. Um, So, I mean, it's trial and error. I know that for a lot of people, especially with heavy activity, um, fruits and vegetables before you run, not going to go so well. Just really complex foods that you think are really healthy for you take a long time to digest. So keeping it more simple, like a bagel and peanut butter, or um, even closer, a rice cake and peanut butter. And if you can't tolerate food before your workout, then you want to make sure you get in maybe a super simple um, piece of nutrition, like a gel. Um, There's so many gels out there. It's, it's insane. But Um, I could go on about that too, but, um, but you do want to get in those healthy foods too. So if you completed your day of workouts, then you want to make sure you get in high protein, um, lots of fruits, lots of vegetables, get in those grains, but I mean, treat yourself too, right? (laughs) Get in those desserts. (laughs) It's all about balance. I think that like makes things the most sustainable when you can balance it all. Um, Mm -hmm. I love that you tapped into this, like things that have brought you to a more advanced level, um, other than nutrition, what have been a couple other things that have kind of brought you up a level? Um, another aspect would be just, uh, having more of a variety on my workouts. So instead of going out, going for a bike ride for maybe an hour, two hours, then 
I'll go for a run. It's more specific. So um, getting a good mix. So of speed, endurance, strength, all throughout the disciplines. So not just fast running and then you're doing a long swim, like really mix it up. And um, I think my coach does a great job at, at kind of analyzing where I am fatigue wise and what I can handle at this point. So that has been kind of great. I can take a step back and kind of assess how I feel more instead of thinking about my training. But I would say definitely like mixing it up and then focusing on like quick transitions, especially when you get closer to race day. So um, making sure you go run through how you would in a transition going from a swim to a bike or a bike to a run. And even what I learned early on, which is kind of cool, and I think uh, would be really cool for anyone to try if they're kind of getting into triathlon, I would put my helmet just randomly around the house or put my sunglasses in my helmet. And then whenever I pass it, quickly put them on, put on my helmet and take it off. So you're kind of practicing transition like throughout your day. It's, it's pretty fun. That's like <laughs> or a really like your, cute game. Like you yeah, can make it your into bike a little shoes. game. Yeah, uh-huh. really anything in transition, just leave them around the house. Um, and then lastly, like sleep, nutrition, recovery, uh, just being on top of it has really advanced my level in the sport. Oh, that's so cool. I really want to talk to you about transition because this is something yeah. that has really kept my brain like kind of going. So I don't have a whole lot of people in my sphere that have done triathlons. I guess that's starting to change a little bit because I found like training groups to go with. So now I have like mm-hmm. a, more people to ask, but how do you like think about the two transitions? So for people that I don't know, it goes swim, bike, run. So you have one transition mm-hmm. from swim to bike, then another one from bike to run. So like, I know that's a vague question, but like, how do you kind of like think about the two and I'm trying to wrap my brain around this mm-hmm. before I do it in three weeks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, and it's, it's good. You should kind of start practicing now, like with what you would put in your right. transition area. Yeah. But um, I always try and make sure I can be as efficient as possible through the different transitions. Um, but also still being comfortable and making sure I have different options and transition if the, if I wasn't even going to use one like socks or something, I'll still put it in, in transition. Um, but some things that I always have in transition, I mean, of course your bike, you need your bike. It's, it's waiting for you. So once I get out of the water, I'm like, Ooh, like time to go bike, changing it up. Um, you get your wetsuit off, you get your cap and goggles off, you throw them next to your bike. I'll put my helmet and my sunglasses hanging on my bike. Um, my shoes are already clipped on my bike. Some, I mean, some people just don't have clip-in shoes and that's fine too. Um, and then I make sure that I have my water bottles and any other nutrition, like t- at least two gels for the bike ride. And then when I'm coming in from the bike, um, like the swim to bike, I'm trying to be efficient, but comfortable. So kind of assessing how my body feels. Well, I need an extra gel on the run, making sure it's in transition for me. I'll take that with, I'll 
have a visor in there in case it's really sunny and the sunglasses aren't going to do. Um, like I said, I'll, I have my socks in there if I need it, but usually I'll just put on my running shoes and then I have my bib number. You can either have your bib number already on um, if you're just putting on a shirt or you can get these like bib number. I don't know what they're called. They're little like little strap things yeah I'm trying to think of the name too I think they're called like bib basically it's like a belt and you pre yes. put it on it's like a reusable bib holder that's definitely not yeah. the professional word for it but <laughs> it sounds professional to yeah me. it's good enough right <laughs> yeah but I'll always have that there as well and I mean it changes too depending on the day if it's rainy you want an extra towel or if it's cold you want layers especially Caroline, with you and your uh, half Ironman, making sure there are layers. It might be a little colder in a few weeks. Um, and if you wanted to change out of what you're wearing on the swim, I know the longer distances like half Ironmans or Ironmans, some people even go inside and change. Yeah. It's kind of crazy, but I mean, you want to be comfortable, efficient, yeah. but comfortable. <laughs> right. Right. And that's a good point too, is like, your transitions may change on the race distance. So like there's different distances in triathlon. Obviously you can explain this very well, but there's sprint <laughs> Olympic. Um, and then you have like the Ironman distances. I think those are kind of the big four, right? There's not really. Yes. Okay. Um, so the Ironman ones are very well known, but there's other types of triathlons that are way less intense and are really nice to start off with. So like a sprint and an Olympic um, are still like great challenges, but those transitions mm -hmm. may look a lot different than like the Ironman ones. So mm -hmm. that is a really good point. I yeah. am hoping that it's not super, like I want it to be cool, but I'm, you know, you can't do anything about the weather. So I'm just not going to worry about no. it until I have to. <laughs> yeah, That's a good um, idea. <laughs> but there are also, I mean, you mentioned the four main ones, but for those who aren't really, um, interested in doing all three maybe you don't have a bike there's what's called an aquathon so you can swim and run um still very competitive and of course it's fun well it's fun for me but i mean <laughs> if you want the challenge to start out uh you don't want to complete a full triathlon right away that's a great opportunity as well as duathlons for people who just are not swimmers it's um run bike run that's a really good point too. And that might be a really nice thing. Like if there's one thing out of the triathlon that intimidates you, like for me right away, it was swimming. And I was like, Oh, I don't know if like, I, I just don't feel super confident with open water yet. Like it's winter mm -hmm. when I signed up, we'll see. And so if you were kind of like wanted more time, but still wanted to get your feet wet, that's such a good um, piece of advice. Like maybe find yeah. that and they'll do like, run bike run or run bike there's a lot of options out there so just look and be curious and see if there's an option near you or something yeah even um i know there's like more outdoorsy adventure races like sometimes they add canoeing or like rock climbing it's it's kind of crazy or uh mountain biking so just looking into all of your options that's super cool you say that i forgot there's a brand called xterra and they're oh like gosh. a completely trail based triathlon um, like company. So they'll do the open water swim is kind of the same. They'll mountain bike and then they'll trail run. So I would definitely say oh. if it's your first one, I would say 
maybe wait it out a little bit but if you're like a <laughs> real specialty like you're a great mountain biker or you're a really established trail runner like that could be so fun to do so yeah point being there's so many options out there so just like don't think that you just have to do the iron man distances you know it's so unique yeah um so we talked a little bit about your personal training but i want to talk about your race in Milwaukee. So for people <laughs> that don't know, can you tell us like a, what the race was and how you did? So, um, the race was in Milwaukee. It was age group nationals. Um, Milwaukee is my home. So I didn't have to travel very far, which was convenient for me. I knew the area well, but, um, I placed first in my age group and uh, second overall, That's such a huge deal. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Um, seventh overall female. So I um, went uh, two hours and eight minutes, I believe. That's so cool. <laughs> I'm really and bad with time. So if that's not accurate, I apologize. I think I looked it up before I started talking with you. I have it. I have it up somewhere. I'll, I'll fact check you here. <laughs> yeah. Like, no, wrong. You... You're slower. No, no. Um, can you explain to people too, like what this race means for kind of future races also you were right on the time so good oh, job perfect <laughs> thank you thank you yeah. so for uh future races if you are i believe it's like top 16 in your age group you qualify for the usa like age group world team um so that is in spain next year so that's kind of my next biggest race um, of course, I'll do like smaller races and until then. But yeah, I mean, that was the goal. I, I really wanted to travel somewhere out of the country and triathlon is the best way to do that. That's so cool. And where in Spain is it? You know, um, on the coast somewhere. Really <laughs> somewhere, with a, somewhere with a body of water. Um, yeah. That actually brings up a funny point that I wanted to ask you. I guess I'll ask it later. But um, it's going to be about saltwater versus freshwater swimming. But oh, I'll, I'll ask yeah. it a little bit. Um, okay. That is so cool. Do you feel like the competition was kind of what you thought it was going to be in Milwaukee? Like, how was that factor for you? Like, the people you were racing against? Um. Honestly, I did not know what to expect. I knew it was I was going to have people to race with, which was exciting. I did a race in Omaha and it was a lot smaller and I was hoping I would have a little more um, competition, especially with my age group. Just like people who are my age doing what they love. I'm doing what I love. It's, it's kind of a cool experience, especially getting in the swim. Everyone's lined up. We're all chatting with each other. It's it's really fun. That's so cool. And that, that community is like so unique too. like how many 25 through 29 year olds like do this on their free time, you know? Right. Yeah. It, so it cool. is unique. Um, more about the race. So like what were some things that happened like that weekend or that day that you didn't expect or that you kind of had to like deal with? Was there anything that kind of went awry at all? <laughs> Funny how you mentioned that. <laughs> So I've had issues with my bike. I am on a road bike right now, um, but it hasn't, I mean, two weeks before I, I started to move it more into an arrow position. Arrow just means um, more, what, how would you explain arrow? I mean, it's, it's, 
to increase your speed, you're getting trying to get smaller right. um, and more aerodynamic. Yeah, so that air like can you, pass through. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. It's like so funny how everything seems so much more complicated than it really is. But it's yeah. like um, a setting you can like change your bike. So when you're riding a bike like upright, like hands on the handlebars by the brakes, you're very in an upright position. So you kind of like wedge. You have a lot of friction is the idea. So then the lower your head goes and like, this is bad on a podcast, but it's hard to explain. <laughs> but basically the lower you get to your handlebars, like essentially the faster you go because there's less kind of like air resistance and stuff like that. So you, I think you explained it better than I did. <laughs> no way that you put it perfectly. That is exactly it. And um, so I was trying to get more into that position so I could go faster. Um, things just kept kind of popping up my um seat post so what kind of holds your seat at a certain height broke off and i've had my bike since i was in middle school so they don't have that specific seat post anymore for my bike brand <laughs> so i used um a random one from another bike and it's making do right now wow. but um i attempted the arrow position two weeks before and I mean my neck hurt a little bit but I was willing to take on the pain to go faster um however a few days before not even a few it was the day before I had to check in my bike I took my bike to my sister she does Ironmans and she is uh, a wealth of knowledge when it comes to the bike so she was going to switch out my tires to more um speedy tires <laughs> let's just put it that way yeah that's a good way of saying uh, it. race tires yeah <laughs> yeah and so we were putting it on and she was going setting up my gears and my shifting and something just was not clicking we weren't sure why um it kept jumping skipping the chain would get stuck and i thought well um it kind of does that on my regular tires as well and my coach was just like, well, we don't have too many options. You can either keep the bike with your regular wheels and risk your chain falling off, or you can use your sister's triathlon bike. <laughs> so a triathlon bike, for those who might not be familiar with, is a bike that's already fitted in an aerodynamic position. So you're not having like clip-on aero bars. Um, it's already like a flat position, so your body is lower um, automatically. Right. That's a good, uh, it takes, good, a good explanation yeah. of the aero. <laughs> <laughs> yes. It typically takes at least a month to get used to a new bike. Um, especially my sister is like five, six, five, seven. So she's a lot taller than me. I'm five, three. Um, so we lowered the seat. She has it like fitted for her. So I didn't want to mess with it too much. Um, the seat, I mean, can be moved whichever, which way. So that was fine. And I, the next morning, it was pouring rain. It was like 10 o'clock at night. We were still working. I'm like, well, I have my pre-race bike for 20 minutes. If it feels okay, then I'll go for it. So I went out there the next morning and uh, had my little bike ride. And it, I mean, went okay. My legs were sore in a different way, just because you use different muscles compared to like a road bike position. Um, but I didn't think it would be a big factor. 
um during the race i mean i'm glad i switched bikes it i dropped my time by 10 minutes so it just it shows that maybe i should have a triathlon bike instead of a road bike dang um, that makes me be like oh gosh <laughs> maybe there's the bike maybe it's less of me no i'm kidding <laughs> I don't know. It could, it, I mean, honestly, it's probably a mix of factors, but the bike having like a smooth, well-run bike was definitely helpful. So wow. yeah. <laughs> that is a huge thing that happened. The bike is like such a mystery. Well, I shouldn't say mystery. Mm-hmm. It is kind of like the biggest variable to me out of the entire triathlon experience. Like it has been very challenging to learn how to like maintain a bike and Mm. kind of like train on your bike it's really difficult I guess so this is a good conversation to have because do you feel like well we talked about it a little bit the triathlon bike was a nice upgrade but what are Mm -hmm. like you said your muscles felt sore in different ways like how Mm -hmm. so that's so interesting I would have yeah that Uh uh-huh so sitting more upright you're using like the middle of your quad and like your calves but when you're at a lower position, your butt is scooted back a little more and you're hunched forward, like holding onto the bars, you're using more of like your lateral and medial quad. At least that's what I felt. <laughs> Maybe it's not supposed to be that way because the bike User bike dependent. Just didn't fit, but <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, definitely more sore. But definitely if you're new to the sport, it starting out with a mountain bike that's what I started out with is still doable and I mean you can borrow a bike it's that's also possible yeah I did. totally you did it it worked out it worked out great <laughs> yeah yeah just try someone else's bike sometimes yeah I also the thought of um getting your bike fitted for you so I guess like we've talked about mountain bike a road bike is kind of like specifically for road biking it's not for triathlon so there's like a little mm-hmm. bit more options within the road bike and they're usually a little bit more affordable ish mm-hmm. um yeah. and then triathlon bike they have that's specific for triathlon they're like a little bit more squirrely too like they're harder to handle in my opinion um so if you're intimidated by bikes it's okay we're gonna do an episode on bikes eventually it's hard to find the right person to talk about them but um I think knowing that even like elite, not elite, but like very well, like trained athletes have issues with bikes are that's, it gives me hope. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I mean, the bike is so confusing, honestly. And I mean, it, like you said, the triathlon bikes are harder to handle just because the um, handlebars are lower. So there's more wiggle room. If you're just turning right, it's, it's easier to turn right and I don't know it's hard to explain but no you do I mean that's exactly like geometry (laughs) gives you like more of an arm to turn so I think just knowing mentally Mm -hmm. knowing that like when you incorporate a change in your training like getting a new bike or I don't know even just switching running shoes once in a while like that is can throw things off Mm -hmm. and again it's okay it's part of the whole learning experience but that's wow, I'm glad it worked out for you and you got faster instead of slower and everything was great. So that's like good Uh news all around. I do recommend though getting a bike fit. It's pretty pricey, just like the sport in general can be very pricey. It definitely doesn't have to be, but if you want to be like very competitive, 
um, putting in the money towards it can be beneficial. Um, But a bike fit is basically they look at every aspect of the bike and how they can fit it to your body specifically, every inch of the bike. So, I mean, then you know that you're using the right muscles. (laughs) Yeah, now I'm like, oh, I should have gotten a bike fit before I did all my training. (laughs) (laughs) No, okay, so I really want to talk about this, though, the idea that triathlon can be can get very expensive very quickly but Mm -hmm. when you are kind of like getting into it what were some things that were like I must like must need equipment can't sacrifice these and what were some things that were like a little bit of a splurge help the day the race day but you don't necessarily need because that was hard for me to figure out like what do I need what do I not need okay let's see um definitely need running shoes it can really be any type of shoe um if you have just your regular shoes you wear every day perfect use those if you have a bike any which way you can use a mountain bike you can use a road bike you can use a triathlon bike um as long as you have a bike that you'll need it to race and then swimming i think all you need are goggles because they provide you with a swim cap so if you have swim goggles then you're you're golden but um things that you could kind of go without are more um like lighter shoes shoes meant for racing um i like to use the vapor flies um they're really good for like road races but you can go without them biking i mean i would recommend a triathlon bike if you want to get more into it i personally do not have a triathlon bike but maybe someday and then for the swim um depending on the water a wetsuit might be mandatory but you can go without a wetsuit if the water is warm enough Uh, me personally i people say it's faster i don't swim faster with a wetsuit so when i get the opportunity i will go no wetsuit so it's it's also possible um, to not wear a wetsuit if everyone else is wearing a wetsuit. Wow, that's so interesting. I was convinced to do a wetsuit just for buoyancy. A lot of that's the yes. kind of claim, I guess, is people think that because you have neoprene or whatever the material is, it makes you more buoyant. So again, with like the resistance and drag and everything. But mm-hmm. like you said, that's not necessarily the case. So that's mm-hmm. really interesting that like I think you know, I, I'm just. Yeah, I think it's just more because I'm used to swimming without a wetsuit. So it's more restrictive to me because I swim every day without one. um, And I don't really need the buoyancy as maybe like someone just starting out, like not very into swimming. um, We're more of a beginner if it came to um, being in the water. But like you said, salt water makes you float even more and fresh water makes you uh, less buoyant so if you don't like wetsuits either and you're swimming in salt water then it might actually work to your advantage yeah so I wanted to do because of triathlon I wanted to do a couple like would you rathers with like okay would you rather swim in salt water or fresh water because I think that's such an interesting difference mm-hmm Salt water for sure. I mean, I I flew out to Florida by myself to do a 10k swim 
just so I could swim in the ocean. So I did like a 10K swim race. I just find it like, I don't know, it, it's different. I do, I don't mind fresh water, but I would have to say salt water. And you wow. float. How fun. Do you ever have issues with like swallowing the salt water that like kind of throws you off a little bit? Because I feel like that would like really give me a headache. <laughs> <laughs> Not yet. No. <laughs> Not yet. I think but, the 10K um, swim solidified that. <laughs> maybe trying to keep the water out of your mouth. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean, your nutrition's a little different because you're already taking in so much salt. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, that's true. Actually, that's a uh-huh. really good point. My coach told me that he said, um, on one of his Ironmans, he was swimming, he was doing Madison Ironman, which is a uh, Monona is the lake you swim in and it's pretty wavy and he mm-hmm. was only breathing on one side. And so he would take in a lot of lake water. And so he was oh, like no. hyponatremic mid bike uh-huh. because uh-huh. he had, so that means he was really low in sodium Um, Mm -hmm. which is not good. That's like a race ender sometimes if you're not like careful about that. So he had to like pound electrolyte tabs during the bike to get everything back to normal because he was like drinking water thinking he was like, I don't know, not dehydrated, but he was like, oh, I got to level everything out. It was like, no, he needs like concentrated electrolytes. So kind of an interesting difference there. Yeah. I don't know. Triathlon's so interesting because there's so many little things like that. You're like, oh my God, I really hope that doesn't happen to me. <laughs> uh-huh. And you never know unless you try it out. I know. So, okay. <laughs> things that you're excited about right now with your training. Are you really loving, like after this race, how are you kind of mentally going with your training for kind of the rest of the year? Are you kind of on a downslope? Are you kind of starting to ramp back up? What's your training blocks looking like? Right now, um, I'm trying to figure out what I want to do in the fall. I'm taking these uh, two weeks from the race to just recover, not really think about it, kind of clear my mind. Um, Still swimming, biking, running these last two weeks, but not thinking about like future races, just doing it um, more for my like own sake. Like I enjoy doing it. And then after this, two week block is over I'll think more about fall races so not really sure what that entails but if anyone has suggestions on fun swimming running or biking races um, my ears are wide open are you interested (laughs) in trail running or are you kind of like "Mm, maybe there's a couple fun races in like October and November that are pretty fun so you'll have to yeah you'll have to message me on that I'll send them your way yeah sounds interesting yeah, I was going to say Door County Century, but I know it sold out, oh. which is a bummer. But that is a really cool race. It's like really, it's you could pick your distance. It's like anything from 25, 50, 75, 100. And there's like, it's so bougie. There's like all these beautiful stops with like beautiful breakfasts. Like you oh bike 100 gosh. miles, but every aid station is like so wonderful. So I've heard really good things about that. Oh, so that's yeah. a bike race? Yeah. It's up in Door oh. County. I can't remember exactly where it starts, but the 100, you basically bike the entire peninsula and back. So I've heard really good things about that. And then uh, Berkabiner up in Hayward has a trail weekend. So they do they do mountain biking, gravel biking, regular biking, and then trail running. And you can, again, pick your distance. It's really cool. So I might do that. I'm like, we'll see how Maybe that Maybe I'll join goes. you. Yeah. Yeah. How fun. I, yeah, it's super cool. So I love that you're taking some time off mentally. I feel like that's super healthy. So I love mm-hmm. that. 
Um, last big question. I feel like this is something that you probably have some mind, some like thoughts on winter training for triathlon, um, <laughs> especially in the Midwest. Like it's kind can be really like challenging to get everything in and mentally stay like kind of up to speed with everything. How have you been like kind of working through that? Cause I really struggled with it last year. Mm-hmm. And it's actually funny. You kind of brought that up because I despise the winter. I cannot do the winter. I woke up early today to go run and it was dark. And I'm like, no, it's coming. But um, I did think about that today. I thought about, wow, I wonder how winter training is going to look like. I'm going to have to put some miles on the treadmill. I'm going to have to bike on my trainer inside. It's just like, in those cases, if you have a group of people to work out with, it's going to save you because you can talk through it, um, get a group to go to your local gym. Or, I mean, if you like to run in the snow, get on your like yak tracks, they go on the bottom of your shoe, run in the snow. Um, as long as it's not slippery, I don't want anyone to be falling out there, but, um, biking yeah that's that's pretty tough it's usually an inside kind of thing but i do have a past teammate that we like to bike inside together so i'm hoping maybe i can get her to uh join me i love hopefully it yeah Tris- people always Tris- make it better this. <laughs> yeah yeah hopefully send her send it her way and then <laughs> yeah. like please listen Tris- on minute 45 <laughs> yeah yeah um, Well, I love that. I feel like people make everything better. And that's even if you're like new to triathlon and you just want to start training, that's also a great way. You don't even have to sign up for a race. You can just kind of start training, see if you like it and then go from there. Rachel, thank you so much for sitting with us and talking through these things. We really appreciate it. And good luck with racing. I'm sure the fall will be great. And um, we're so excited to see what you do. Thank you. I appreciate you having me today. You can find us over at In Her Nature Pod on Instagram and TikTok. If you liked today's episode, please share it with a friend, rate, and review us where you listen. We are currently looking for podcast sponsors and advertising partners that align well with our brand, so reach out if you'd like to work with us. Music today by Tommy Z with The Porch Flowers, and our logo is done by the amazing Riley Johnson at rej.creative. Don't forget, the stuff is in your nature.